Hi guys, I uh, had a great episode actually with my sister, Kira Everard. She's an Olympian uh, at 2016. And more importantly for you, she's given great advice on the psychology of injuries. What are the stories that we tell ourselves? What are the narratives that we use when we um, are injured and how can we change that for the better? So Kira gives six ones she has from her PhD research. Um, I'll let her get into it. And I think it's a great episode let me know how you how you find it and uh, really excited about this one and enjoy. Hi, Kira. Thanks a million for coming on. So um, as I said, just in the introduction, uh, Kira Everard, my sister. So it's great. Uh, PhD candidate um, looking at the psychology injury. And obviously, I'd know from uh, Kira, this is a really interesting um this is really just interesting information. And I think it's something that will really benefit our listeners because we all probably have different ways we approach an injury or think about it. And Kira's looked at um, that in more detail. So Kira, thanks so many for coming on. No problem. Okay. So do you want to talk a little bit about your background um, just very briefly as a runner and then how did you get into looking at the psychology of injury? Uh, yeah, perfect. Yeah. So obviously I've been running, well not obviously, but I've been running since, yeah, from quite a young age um, and then competed, I guess, internationally from probably like the age of 16 to being like 28. Um, and throughout this time, so I've done a physio as kind of like my undergraduate. Um, and then for my master's, I went into more sports physio. Um, and as part of my master's, I started looking at uh, the psychological impact of injury. And that really came from just working as a physio actually first of all and just seeing that how people can like physically recover but then psychologically maybe don't feel ready to go back to sport um but then I guess alongside that so before so I was kind of that kind of sparked my interest in it but then when I began my PhD I was also off the back of myself having like lots of injuries um and just finding that you know in the past I could kind of just focus on the rehab and then go back and they would be fine uh, but these injuries were just a bit more complex um, and so they were just a bit more challenging to deal with um, and just mentally they definitely started to take their toll a lot more um, and I just also felt that like it can be quite an isolating experience and uh, like it's not really something that's really spoken about much um, especially if it is an injury that goes beyond kind of like the limit of time that you're expected to be out for I think most yeah that's so true isn't it yeah I think like when it's an acute injury you can kind of deal with okay six weeks I'll follow the plan and I'll get back from there but I think when it goes on past that um yeah kind of yeah that can bring its own sort of emotional or kind of mental baggage um so yeah I think that's uh, first of all when I went into the PhD I was really interested in looking at growth so how kind of athletes have injuries but then can kind of come back and be um yeah, I guess go back to like a greater level than what they'd done before. And um, so that was something I guess I started off being interested in. Um, but then a more I kind of looked into the liter literature and the more like my own experiences, it was like that might not be the case for everybody. Um, and that's when it moves more towards this kind of narrative research, which looks at having exactly as you described, like different ways of experiencing injury out there so that people can make sense of it or feel like oh yeah okay actually someone else has gone through this so that normalizes what I'm experiencing um but also the more of these kind of different storylines we have the more kind of movement and flexibility we have in trying to make sense of it or trying to think about it in different ways um whereas if there's just kind of one storyline let's say for dealing with injury like you get injured you work hard you go back to where you were before um, and then you're 
your experiences doesn't fit that that's where the challenges can come in so um yeah so that's where it's kind of personal I guess and professional my kind of lead into it okay so as I said in your research then it's it's looking at different ways we kind of perceive injury it's looking at the kind of stories we tell ourselves when we're injured and I think this is an obviously I'm a physio as well and I'd be looking more at the mechanical side but I think it's a good thing a lot of runners will deal with injuries so it's good to look at to understand the way we perceive an injury so can you start just briefly now go through all the types and then we can break it down into more detail so what were the types that you found and just description of what it meant yeah okay I'm just going to before I go into that one I'm just going to give a little detail on what you talked about the stories so exactly what you said the stories we tell ourselves about injury um, can really shape how we think, feel and behave about that injury. So that's, yeah, absolutely right in that. But before I go into that... Just go into that again in a little bit of detail. So, yeah, so the stories we tell ourselves about our injuries, so what we're telling ourselves about our injury, that's going to massively impact how we think, feel and behave about that injury. Can you give a little example there? So, like, I get a hamstring injury. So if I get a hamstring injury and I tell myself my story around this injury is, you know what, I had this injury before, I do my rehab, and um, once I do my rehab and follow the steps, I'll then be able to go back to sport and get back in time. I've loads of time for the season. So yes. that's going to shape how I think feel about it. Actually, this is okay. If I follow these steps, I should be okay. Alternatively, let's say if it's like I've had this injury, um, but I, I don't know. I've never had an injury before. I don't know what's to be expected here. Actually, my coach said he had an injury like this and he actually never was able to make it back. What if that happens to me too? That's, you know, that's also going to shape then how I think, feel and behave around the injury. And when you say think, feel and behave, you're, 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 are you talking your attitude towards rehab? Are you talking about just like how it obviously impacts you? If I think, right, Injury is a natural part of running. I'll I'll go through these weeks. I'll get back. There's not that much emotional stress to that, as opposed to if I feel like I've never been injured, this could be career threatening. Yeah. That's obviously going to affect my mood. Yeah. Or does yeah, it go more exactly. than that? Yeah, no, exactly that. But also in that, this is where it's important to bring in um my research as a looked at is like the socio-cultural idea of that. So okay, I tell myself a story. But also, I'm really influenced by the stories that I read and hear and that are out there because they also help me kind of understand how I should be thinking about this injury or dealing with this. So if I have this injury and I go to the physio and they say, OK, actually, you know, if you do, the, if you work on this, we have this idea or we can use this time to really work on your rehab and uh, like work on different things. Um, and this could actually really add to your career in the future because it will stop you breaking down later on. That will help me think, okay, well, actually, this is something that could be more of like a blessing in disguise. It could add to my yes. experience in the future. So that can really help me. Alternatively, um, like, yeah, so, that, so that's, like, I guess, an example of that. But also, I guess, in the media, there's all these stories. There's also the stories just like are accepted in our culture. So it is often accepted that injuries like part and parcel sport or like, let's say, the redemptive narrative. So that kind of comeback storyline that's really well promoted um, and that can be really useful for an athlete because it can be like oh, okay actually if I just work hard in my rehab I can come back to better than I was before just like you know the Tiger okay. Woods stories like the Masters etc right yeah we'll, we'll, then, come back, we'll come back to narratives in two seconds because I think they'll be really good to get into yeah 
who do you think predominantly this research? So we have this obviously runners, triathletes, this and this. Is this more for the physios or the people and the coaches who are listening to help their athletes by thinking about the way they frame stuff? Or is this for the runners who are listening when they get injured, how to be aware of how they're thinking and that that's just they're thinking that for from potentially different reasons and if they could reframe it they'd they can uh help it's, the it's for all of the above i would say all of the above so firstly so that's my research yeah so it's yeah so it's for coaches physios how we frame things how we talk about things with athletes but then it's also for the athletes to know how i'm talking to myself what sort of story am i telling myself and also how is that story being shaped by the people around me as well because then we can start to distinguish so if you're like oh well actually you know what so let's say my coach was like, oh, I had this terrible injury and I never made it back and this happened and this happened. And then I start to think like that. I can start to maybe separate it out and think, well, actually, that was maybe my coach's story. That doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be my story in relation to this injury. You know, you can start yeah, to see what perfect. are the main kind of narratives. So that the narratives are like the sociocultural, the, the broader storylines that are out there. And then once we can identify them, we kind of know... Um, which ones are going to maybe work for us and which ones aren't going to work for us. Can I give an example of that? I remember listening to a Joe Rogan podcast about sleep and obviously, and we'll do, we'll be having a sleep expert come in, but he was just talking about all the negative effects of sleep. This study where um, people who slept poorly did so much worse on like, um, on physical tests. And I was like, crap, like I'm going to, I sleep poorly before a night. And because it started to, impact me i actually looked up the studies and what they were done was they were on like long haul flights so people mm. who really didn't sleep well so before that was actually making me sleep worse knowing that you need to sleep good to have a good race yeah but when i found out that the well actually like i'm lying in bed i'm recovering i'm not been sitting on a, a flight getting literally zero sleep and then doing a test and that allowed me to relax and I actually slept way more because I realized it wasn't as big a deal. So it's kind of, as you said, we can have a certain frame and that can really impact how we think about it and even impact us physically. And if we have a, if we can rationalize that frame, we, we can actually uh, completely change our mindset. Totally. So, yeah, so that's what narratives are, that these frames of reference that just help us interpret what's going on. So exactly like you said there. So you read this story, so this narrative that you need to have a good sleep to have a good race. So you internalize that. That causes pressure for you then because you're thinking, well, I'm not sleeping. But actually by saying, well, actually, that study isn't exactly right. And, you know, maybe you saw somewhere else as well that actually you can mitigate a lot of those impacts anyway. Then you can start to think about it slightly differently because you have a different frame of reference to go on. So narratives are like these frames of reference Brilliant. that people have to try and like understand what's what's going on here what's happening for me how do i basically yeah how do i deal with this experience that's basically it great so let's go through then the narratives or those yeah, references okay. that people talk about okay perfect so the first one can is go, sorry can we go through them all very quickly and then yeah. we'll go in detail okay so there's six narratives all together so again these are as you said frames of reference so this is not one person is not going to be one exact narrative if that makes sense yeah. they'll draw couple of these different ones um so the first one is a resilience narrative so that's yesterday i was injured no yesterday i was healthy today i'm injured tomorrow i'll be by working hard i'll be i'll be healthy again so basically injuries part and parcel of it i have an injury i follow the plan i go back to where i was before that's the first one 
The second one is the merry-go-round. This is more for people who had like chronic or reoccurring injuries. So their narrative was starting off with what could be. Okay, so even though I have injuries, it's okay because, you know, next year I'll be back or next year I'll be better. Then it moves into what should be. So the injury prolongs and they start to think, well, actually, you know, so-and-so is here now and, and I, actually I'm, I'm still not performing where I should be. If I wasn't injured, this is where I should be. So it's very much where they should be. So that creates a lot of tensions. And then eventually they might move into like what could have been. So they're no longer kind of wanting to pursue um, or get back to maybe sports. And they're thinking about, well, that they feel like they have quite unfulfilled potential. Um, the third narrative then is a longevity narrative. So that's where athletes view the time lost from injury is time gained in the longer term. So even though the injury has impacted them in the short term, they've like learned things or put like S&C or put structures in place that they think is going to add to their basically career potential in the sport so they see injury very much as like a blessing in disguise the fourth narrative then is the pendulum so this is where people kind of move back and forth so they kind of want this long-term approach uh, to how they deal with the injury but then similarly when kind of pressure comes on they tend to like rush back and try and run through pain or try and mask the injury so they're kind of always going back and forth between the two and they just find it hard to make the decisions around how they should manage the injury um, so that's the pendulum the fifth one then is the snowball so this is where something starts off as small and then it gets worse and worse and worse that's physically it could start off as a minor injury people kind of run through the pain and then it just gets worse and worse and then psychologically the impacts of that start to uh, ramp up as well um, and then the final one is the more to me so this is where people see it as well my injuries in sport don't really define me because there's more to me so when I'm injured I actually focus on other areas in my life or other things I do when I started sport, that gives me a more robust sense of self. Um, and it means that, um, yeah, I'm not, as, I guess, as negatively impacted by the injury because I have like these other things to kind of buffer me. Um, so yeah, that's very quickly the six different narratives. I can't hear the sound there, Owen. Sorry, you're back. No worries, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's brilliant, Kira. Even though um, I think I think people will get that even off that small little bit. We'll go into them in a little bit more detail as we go. One thing that hit me with that though is, as you said, no one's going to be one complete one. I have two questions. Right, the first one is obviously as we transition, our experiences with injury change. Our you know our, our narratives can most likely change. Um, I'll come back to that in a second. And this, so the more to me one, number six, seems to be the one that we should be attaining, trying to attain. Is that the case or is it that you are just what you are and you just have to recognize it? Yeah, no. So the idea is not that because you could say the longevity is also one that is good to attain. You could also say the resilience one is probably the most promoted. So the idea is not there's not one good or bad narrative. Okay. The idea is the more of these that we know of, the more that one, I recognize, okay, actually that's what I'm doing. So I can actually start to like externalize it. So actually, yeah, like I am that merry-go-round. I'm thinking about what yes. she'll be. Time. So I can start to like break that down and think about that a bit more. So I'm not just, yeah, I can start to externalize it. Then secondly, it's the more of these I know of, the more I can use them. So actually that resilience one was really working for me at the start has really focused on the rehab but it's actually not working anymore so I can start to draw upon this maybe more to me or maybe this longevity one so the idea is just that you recognize your own story so you can start to um 
yeah, just externalize it or see it a bit more clearly. Oh yeah, that is actually what I'm saying to myself. That it, and that's why I'm kind of thinking them behave in that way. And then secondly, that if it's no longer working for you, you can start to think, okay, yeah, well, what other ways could I sort of think of this? What other frames of reference could I use to make sense of this? And I know this is like new research. As you said, you've published these papers, but you're still just completing your PhD. So obviously you have a, a career ahead of you uh, doing this. Is there ways that you just instinctively think or have been looking up at say where taking someone from a merry-go-round where they feel good or the pendulum of rushing back um you know when we're healthy or when things are going well is there things that we can do nearly like a prevention of injuries we can do like our pilates or we can do whatever is there things that we can do day to day to help with this or is it just more recognize it when it happens yeah so there's a couple of different things so there's something called like narrative therapy so that's where you could look at well what is the storyline that I'm saying to myself what's the kind of dominant plot line so is it so let's say we'll take that merry-go-round one right so they look at they start to identify as the injured athlete okay so I'm the injured athlete so you can look at that and go okay I'm the injured athlete so that's how I'm kind of thinking about this injury um but actually you look at two things like is that is that true have I always been an injured athlete like you can start to break that down because again these stories are just we've just constructed them ourselves so you can start to actually problematize them does that make sense you start to look at well have I always been an injured athlete what times have I not been an injured athlete and that can start you to like break down that story so it doesn't have as much of a hold over you if that makes sense so Um, when we're doing that say with the merry-go-round so that was number two. I'm going to actually go through them this way. So that was number two, the merry-go-round. That was the person who is kind of constantly injured. So they, they get back for a while and then they're injured again. Yeah. And it's kind of getting kind of worse and worse as they go. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty so much. So yeah. as you said, that person then is just focusing on the times when, well, I'm always injured. Yeah. So it's them to think about, well, no, actually you had that period of three or four months where you would have ran and ran well. Yeah. So and what, what did you do there in that, in that, you know, in that period of time? And is there other things that you could do? You know, you could start to again, look at that. Well, what do we do in that three to four, you know, month period that kind of stopped us from always being injured all the time? Uh, what was it that worked there? And like, could that work again in the future? And like, yeah, have you always been injured? Because in the past, were you always injured before you kind of came into this period? So that can just, yeah, I guess like just loosen its hold on you, you know? And is that, is that a coping mechanism to deal with the injuries? Because, Look, it is difficult if you are getting injured, but what I'm kind of hearing there is there's also an analytical side to that, that like I know, I know of a runner who would have been extremely good early 20s, but your recovery is a lot better as a 20 year old. And this happens a lot of runners as they get older. They're like, well, to run at my best, I need to say do three sessions a week. Yeah. Three workouts. Yeah. And then their body kind of breaks down and they don't adjust to go maybe, well, maybe two workouts in the week yeah. would be better for me. So it's mean, is it, is it, it's more like, well, look at yeah, what exactly. you're doing so, when so you're injury free. Yeah, exactly. Because so some of the Mary Grant is looking at like, I'm not getting to fulfill my potential. You know, that's kind of a big thing. So I have this kind of unfulfilled potential. Um, and because of that, sometimes they feel the need to kind of, or they're thinking I should be here. I should be there. This is what it should be like. Um, but again, trying to again break that down. So looking at, well, um, okay, you know, first of all, what does that do? That just creates tension, thinking about where you should be, like you are where you are. Yes. Um, and then what can you do to actually like to, to move around that? Yeah. So as you said, things like, do you need to change the plan? Do you need to look back at yourself? So rather than always thinking, I should be here, this is what I did before to get me here, 
yeah, started thinking about it slightly differently. Um, and that's where you could bring in the the other narratives. You could bring in the like the longevity one. Like maybe I could see that instead of where I should be, I could see this as like this time is kind of helping me to work on things that might add to my career further down the line. Or like you said, like exact example, um, you know, of that athlete maybe move into two sessions. So this is maybe where I need to move to two sessions a week to prolong my longevity in the sport. And then you said there's no one narrative that we should be attaining for obviously as you said like the longevity the more to me might be you know more constructive yeah more, more constructive than like say it's yeah. the snowball narrative where it gets worse and worse um is it then so say i'm on the merry-go-rounder we're, say we're on the snowball so we'll go through number five which is a snowball which is we might have a small injury say my achilles was a little bit sore um it i think i'll be out for a couple of days it's getting worse. I go to a physio. They say I'll be back in a week. It's two, three weeks. It's worse. And I'm I'm now stressing about it a, a lot more. And I have now this longer term injury. And then I start thinking, well, am I ever going to get back off this? Um, When trying to change that narrative, and that's hard because you're, you're in that. So I suppose, as you said, it's recognizing well, that's what I'm saying, even if it's justified that like I did think this was going to be a small injury and now it's bigger. So there's probably a justification there. And then is it whatever narrative you you identify with more? Like, so if I identify more with, well, look, I can get this time back because I haven't been putting stress in my body. Start thinking about that or or is it like, you know, is there yeah, another so narrative I, you should no, think about yeah. or is it the ones that you identify with? Yeah, so what what we've kind of found is that when you show these to athletes, so first of all, with that snowball one, it's also recognizing that risk taking is really culturally, like and socially, kind of uh, normalized within sport. So some athletes take risks because that's very normalized. But what we do, so it's again not always putting the pressure on the individual, like they did this or they did that. Like this is, you know, we're we're within sport that also creates these these pressures, and. Um, I think that's, what, what sorry, I, can I just say that's so true? I see so I see a lot of patients and say they'll be they'll be beating themselves up completely. They'll yeah. be like, I had that niggle and I yeah. race. And I always say to them though, but that could have been fine, or that probably was fine eight other times. Like, you know, as you said, and it can be a thing of, well, I know X amount of people have run through it. So yeah, it's not yeah. that beating yourself up. That's so true. We see that a lot. Yeah. So and that and that's what a big part of it is. Um, because yeah, a lot of this. So when we show the like when I've showed these Celeste athletes, it's kind of this idea of uh, so as you said, there's no right wrong narrative, but what can really help is knowing that, okay, I'm not the only person that's experienced this or done this. Because what, as you said, alternatively what happens is if you do it and then you start to blame yourself for doing that. So first of all, it's recognizing, well, actually. It mightn't have just been me that did that. Maybe the physio I went to said, you can run through that. Or maybe my coach was like, oh, look, it should be fine. And then I did run through it and it was worse. So yeah. you know, it's not just me. It's also socially, like, you know, it's also the culture as well that created that problem. Um, but then also just knowing that, well, yeah, actually other people go through this and other people feel like this. And that can just normalize what you're feeling. And then that can kind of help you manage it a bit better because it's like, oh, well, actually, it's not just me that thinks this. Like, this is... A normal part of maybe being injured or going through this type of experience it's normal to be frustrated etc um and then it doesn't manifest as much because again we know that like if you're anxious about something but then you're anxious about being anxious that yes. makes it worse so if we can normalize what people are going through well then 
that makes it a lot easier. Um, so that's so, the idea. Of so if you have this, if you are if you identify with a snowball, it's it's one not beating yourself up for say running and it got worse because well that's what you would have seen that's kind of out there. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, as you said, it's like just understanding that's a kind of normal process for you and for yeah. a lot of different people. So as you said, not getting anxious about being anxious or beating you know. Like yeah being hard on yourself because you're you're down on yourself just accepting that that's how you feel at the moment yeah I love that yeah and, you know I and it can also that. help you create links as well so it can also help you recognize so like that snowball like let's say you're like oh yeah that did actually happen to me like it started off something small and then I kind of ran through it and then it got worse and worse you can start to recognize well actually yeah but I did chat to my coach that time or I did chat to that person and they kind of said that so maybe in future I know that you know my body doesn't respond in that way and I need to be more careful of that so you can start to create the links of why something happened you know what I mean and then you can start to also think well I shouldn't really beat myself up about this because you know this was part of the process and you know it's normal to feel frustrated etc about it like what's great about this research I think is that one it's a nice like coping mechanism it's just interesting anyway to think about what what way you are going to be it'd be great if you could make up some kind of quiz that people could do down the line um Mm. for it but I think it's it gives you a coping mechanisms but it also gives you like practical strategies if you were in no way into any psychology any anything with coping this is just ways of thinking about what happens to you when you're injured who what are the things you're listening to and do you need to change them to have better chance of not being injured in the future so this is excellent yeah and just on that i try not to be prescriptive with it because people have agency in how they deal with things but as you kind of like as you said just a resource that you can use for ways of thinking about, about these things and for realizing how you're influenced by the culture and, and conversations you're having as well. Yeah, great. Okay. Resilience then. I imagine you see this a lot in people. So that was the first one you mentioned, essentially. Do you want to just describe that again? And then I imagine you see this mainly in people who haven't been injured or younger athletes. Yeah, lots of people say that. So the resilience narrative is the one that, like in our study, we would identify as the one that's the most promoted so the one that's probably out there the most in, in like the media or by certain cultures so this idea that injury is part and parcel in sport you get injured you do your rehab and you get on with it and you go back to sport so it's nice and linear you know what I mean so I get injured I work hard I go back so that's really yeah. that works out quite well it doesn't tend to be the case for most people and that's where people can start to struggle because they're expecting it to be this certain way and it's not that way so that's where the narratives are also helpful just for kind of giving people you know and I guess help managing their expectations okay well it might not actually be this way it could be like that merry-go-round or it could be like that snowball or it could be like you know that longevity where I have to take a bit more time you know so there's expectation management I guess as well with them and so yeah the the resilience narrative is yeah so you get injured you work hard you go back to where you were before you focus very much on like the cross training uh so like that kind of plan you focus very much on getting scans getting a diagnosis for the injury having a plan to manage the injury so it's a really useful storyline in keeping people motivated towards like the rehab people keeping people I guess on track I suppose in terms of um yeah just keeping disciplined in what they're doing and it can work out quite well it can work out that people get injured they cross train hard they get a plan in place they go back and they're exactly where they were before not above and beyond where it does start to run into trouble a bit is if people First, they're so focused on just having the plan and having 
the cross training that they ignore let's say the wider issues so if someone let's say with a stress fracture and they're like okay well I'm just going to cross train really hard now but yes. actually they're ignoring that really they're just replacing one stress with another stress like they got that back stress fracture because they were overtraining. so replacing that with cross training maybe isn't going to help because it's, it's you know tunnel vision so what would you what would you recommend for that person I know you don't want to be prescriptive but I want to be prescriptive so <laughs> um, <laughs> like so what would you ask case, that person to consider there yeah, what I'd ask that person to consider is, yeah, first of all, taking a wider look at things. So rather than just because, as you said, it's very linear. So, oh, well, no, if I, you know, if I work hard, I'll go back to where you, I was before. It's like, well, is that going to be the case if you're not, if, if you're ignoring these kind of broader issues that contributed to the injury in the first place? So what I sometimes notice with athletes a lot is they'll say, oh, it's just so focused on the cross training, but I'm so wrecked from cross training because I'm trying to keep my fitness. Yes. That I don't have time to do the rehab. And it's like, well, the rehab is what's going to prevent you from breaking down in the future or actually rehab this injury. So if you're not getting a chance to do that, well, then that's, um, you know, that's not going to be contributing to it. But also what I would ask someone to consider is consider their own personal circumstances. Because um, as I said, this is the storyline that we hear about the most, you know, so so-and-so got injured, but they just worked really hard. And then suddenly they were back winning whatever yeah. else. But trying and you to hear that every time, don't you? You hear that every time. And the redemptive narrative is everywhere. Like it's every comeback storyline. Everyone loves the comeback storyline. So it's probably what you're going to start telling yourself. But just thinking about your own individual situation. So, or alternatively, if you're a person like who has reds, or if you're a person yeah. who's more pr- prone to burnout, is this going to be the best for your situation? And is there other ways that you could think about this? You know, okay, yeah. So you could start, that. you could start thinking that stress structure rather than just, this isolated injury injury that injury. everybody could get yeah you can you can think okay actually maybe this is a warning sign for me yeah or if you start getting like say i know i, I might get like little um uh, tags on my tongue or you might get some sickness and rather than just go okay well that's something i take that down and then i go again it's like well actually just assess the situation maybe you're pushing yourself too hard like we said when we go from the younger age to the older age Maybe that can work. That resilience narrative work great for the first few injuries, and yeah. then you're constantly breaking down because you're yeah. not not opening up to the wider picture. Picture. So, yeah. Am I getting it right then? Where with the resilient narrative, it can be a brilliant narrative. It's it's the story of every Rocky movie and yeah. whatever movie we've had where person gets injured or down, people write them out, but they train like a hard. Yeah. Cue the montage. They back. They win the medal, and yeah, it's great. Yeah. And that is good. To keep you motivated. But if if it goes off script or it doesn't give you a chance to maybe like look at the injury in a broader sense. Yeah. Or if the injury goes beyond what you're expecting. So as yes. you said, that exact like Rocky story. So if you're thinking, oh, you know, you went in, they said you're injured. And exactly because we're so used to hearing that story. You think, oh, well, that's fine. I'm just going to work hard, you know, work my ass off for six weeks, blah, blah. Guess the six weeks. And it's like, actually, you know what? You're going to be out for another three months. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. really hard. That's gonna that's gonna start to take a bit of like a toll now. You know what I mean in terms of like motivation and everything so, else. So what would you what would you recommend the athlete do? Like because that happens. So as you said, Rocky's up the mountain, and then he gets a call saying, "Look, the fight's delayed three months." Yeah, and it's like so. But we get the call of, you know what? You thought that Keila's issue or his thing was going to be four weeks. Four weeks has come and gone, or that groin, like you see it in osteitis pubis a lot with these things. Yeah. Is it is it just well you could you could start to look more towards then the more to me or the longevity narrative. Okay. So like 
okay, well, maybe I'm going to be out for longer now. I can keep going with this cross training. Maybe I need to readjust the plan. You know what I mean? If it is yes. excessive because I'm like focused on getting back to something. So first of all, let me consider my individual situation. Other athletes are fine. Other athletes are like, no, I'm going to keep going with this narrative. This is working yeah. fine for me. But if it isn't, do I need to readjust things? Is this just going to lead to me being burned out or being like, not so motivated later on down the line so I need to kind of reconsider that plan and then also could I start to look at this injury as an opportunity to like work on other things outside of sports like if I'm going to be out for another six months could I look at it to do more I don't know like college work or pick up some part-time work if I'm I don't know do you know or just like yeah. a hobby or spend more time with friends and family or could I look at this injury as okay well let's really get like a good S&C plan in place now um, and let's kind of develop in other areas so that when I do go back um, I'm much more sustained in the sport. I want to stay in the sport for longer because I'm not just, rather than like the injury is just like work my ass off and get back. Yeah. It's like, it could be so much more. It could be more opportunities to come from this that could really help further down the line. That could Perfect. Be and, and that's coming towards the longevity narrative there. So that kind of moves mm-hmm. nicely. So we talked about the merry-go-round that you think you're constantly injured. You're just that person who runs for a while, you get injured. We've talked about the resilience narrative, that rocky story, you got injured, going to work as hard as you can and come back and while it can be motivating it's like if it doesn't work out like that it can leave us looking at some of the other narratives so let's go into the longevity narrative then because you've been kind of alluding to that there yeah so longevity narrative really i think it's a narrative that kind of has to be cultivated so i don't think a lot of people think about this straight away um, it tend to happen for a lot of athletes who let's say were out for who may be on that merry ground for like a couple of years you know where they're constantly being injured like coming back and being injured again so then in the in the longevity narrative it's, it's really tr- it's centered around that idea of kind of training smart not hard so this kind of idea that um yeah that they they want to get consistency in training so if they want to get consistency in training they need to like adapt so like you talked about things like moving maybe from that three day a week to the two day a week what kind of injury prevention strategies they can put in place using the time to kind of listen to their body more realizing let's say like they're not superhuman like they have to kind of adapt to what's going on um, and really the messages there were um yeah like consistency is key uh time out is like time gain so use use the time as a kind of opportunity to think about what you could do to add to the sport in the future um and seeing the injury is kind of a blessing guys i'm forgetting some of it now i need i should run back no but i think that's good like obviously it's not it's not a viva we just want to get that general and i think that's great it's like as you said it's just the thing that i hit there is that and we came across in the resilience narrative or the merico it's like just knowing that there's other people who think like this because i know as an older athlete now at, at 36 and say brian Maher, who you know as well this is how we kind of think about things where it's like, well, look, if that injury comes, you know, take some time off, recover well, and then you'll come back. There is other seasons every time. So as you said, it's that thing of like, if you're off now, that might give you extra time later down the road. It's looking at that long-term perspective and it's not something that you'll innately have. It's something that you have to, what are some of the questions or the thoughts you would if someone's like, oh, I'd really like to develop that, what would be some of the things just to start them off? Because this is not going to be, oh, you yeah. give me that one thing, you have it. This is something you'll develop over time. Yeah, it's something you'll develop over time. It's something that definitely the people around you. So like, that's interesting that you say that. So the people around you also talk like this and also think like this. So that's also important. We're influenced by those around us who have that storyline and um, your coach as well, that they're going to shape it in that way. I think that is really important. It's going to be hard for an athlete 
So I could have this idea that like, I really want to take this slow and steady approach. But like if I go training, my coach is like, you need to get back now. Or, you know, the people around me don't think like that. I'm obviously it's going to be more challenging. So I think the context is important there. And the what, just having those conversations then with your coach. That I, yeah. Look, I don't think that's going to work for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hit up the Healthy Runner uh, podcast. Listen to it. The Healthy Runner. Yeah. So the idea really, so the things that they look at is this idea that, um, yeah, really taking a broad perspective. So not getting, let's say, caught up in like the numbers. So let's say someone's calculating like their Strava every week and how much like miles they're doing or whatever else. They're trying to take a broader perspective of that. So if I take a day or two off here, well, actually in the year, a day or two off here and there is not going to, yeah. you know, it's not going to, it's not going to kill it. And also this idea that if I have an injury, um, just deal with it and have it like confronted straight away. So not trying to deny the injury, just confront it straight away, get on it um, like stop it from progressing into something worse. And again, that leads to long-term. So everything is that kind of idea, like take the hit straight away and acceptance, I think is a massive thing with this narrative. So accepting that you're injured, accepting that you're going to have limitations. I think that's the other important thing. Yes. Yeah. You know, you're going to have limitations. As you said, maybe you're more accepting that when you're older, you're kind of like, oh, okay, actually like my body's not like a 20 year old's body anymore. Yes. So I think the huge part of this narrative is really the acceptance around, okay, I have limitations. If I've had injuries, rather than thinking like, oh, well, so-and-so doesn't have this or that doesn't happen to them. Well, this happens to me. So again, thinking about my own individual case, this happens to me. Um, and how can I work with that so that I can get the most out of myself and perform? Because I think sometimes what happens, as you said, it's something that needs to be cultivated, is this idea that, oh, okay, yeah, the longevity is great for like protecting your long-term health, but it's not going to get the best out of me. But actually understanding that if you work within what you do have, that is going to maximize your capacity because you're not going to be breaking down as much and you're not going to be having these yeah, big Yeah, you're going to get out. that consistency of training. Yeah, so that consistency. And it's that the consistency over time is going to lead to the improvements in performance. So, um, yeah, I think someone was trying to think like that, I guess, I don't know, what, you're someone who espouses the longevity narrative. So what no, would you I think say? No, I think you're right the way you said it. It's like, you know, um that like as I said even with Brian having him around it's like we kind of say it's like the the reason people in their 30s or 40s get in trouble it's like they're trying to train like they did in their 20s so it's mm -hmm. kind of accepting where you are now and being like well okay I'm not going to be as fast or as maybe as powerful but I can be more aerobically strong so I yeah. have different strengths now yeah or we I need to take a rest day now like once mm -hmm. a week, I need to do my Pilates where maybe I wouldn't have to do that. So as you said, it's like just confronting that and then knowing that. And I think, as you said, it's never just one. You might get them more to me narrative as you get older, as you have extra things in your life, yeah. which give you more perspective, which allow you to go, well, look, I can take a rest day here because. Yeah, because you know, I have one. Yeah, yeah. And, and you've seen the improvement, as you said, you've seen that, well, if I keep running over time, not taking one day off here or not doing this run and doing a Pilates in no way impacted the actual performance. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, that's a big thing for the people on the longevity. It's like you have to, and this is why it's a, it's a tricky one because it takes patience. So you have to stick with it long enough to see, to reap the rewards. But what often happens, and we'll move into the next one, is the pendulum where people do that longevity for a while but get frustrated because they're not seeing the results. So then go back to that kind of more all-in attitude. I can't miss a day. Like I have to. This, this has is to like, I'd love to do a cliffhanger. We'll just talk to her next week. We're talking pendulum. No, let's go straight away into the pendulum. That's yeah, great. Yeah. 
That yeah. actually had me on a cliffhanger there. I'd, I'd make it a two-parter if it was a bit longer. Okay. okay, let's go into the clip, the pendulum, because this will happen. It's like anything. It's like you can be so positive for a while and then go back into a pit of despair, you know? And exactly. Everybody, yeah. so- everybody has a certain amount of resilience. Like, it's not, it's easy to talk about not being injured when, or how to deal with an injury. But if you know yourself, you've had long, long-term injuries or trying to get back thinking your back and then hit. So let's yeah. talk about the pendulum a bit then. Yeah. So this is where people try to adopt that kind of long-term perspective. So they know what they should do. So I, I'll probably fit my own experiences in that, in that, you know what you should do, you know, it should be more of this long-term approach. You know, you should accept your limits and kind of work with them. Um, but then maybe when you're not seeing the results or when the pressure comes on. So when it's like, okay, when well, I actually really need to get back because I need to perform at this race or I need to do that. That's when you kind of default back to, I guess maybe, yeah, maybe the default setting of a lot of athletes, which is just kind of that all in, um, just like push through it, get on with it. And like, hopefully that yeah. will work. Out. Um, so the things that are really important for people on the pendulum narrative, <coughs> so th- because most athletes, every like it's the holy grail, isn't it? Performance, like how do we kind of protect your long-term health and not break down and get injured? And how do you get the most out of yourself performance-wise? Like it's always a back and forth that. Like yeah, trying to find that middle ground between the two, it's really tough. Um, and that's, I think, what people on the pendulum narratives struggle with, trying to find that middle ground of what works for them. So the two things that were quite important was firstly, those around them. So again, like their coaches, their training partners, et cetera, who could kind of push them either way. Because if you're around, as you said, like you're around Brian Meyer, et cetera, you're talking more longevity. But it's similarly, if you're around athletes who are maybe younger and thinking, oh no, like you, you can't be taking rest days, you can't be doing that, you have to be going all in. You might be more inclined to go that way. So people around you being really conscious of that and how do you get the right team around you that's going to support what you want to do. And then secondly, I guess, was kind of body awareness. So trying to tune into your own body awareness. Okay, well, what works for me? What doesn't? Because some people, a rest day works well. Other people, it doesn't. Some people prefer three sessions a week and less mileage. Other people prefer two sessions a week and more mileage. So what, what kind of trying to tune into like, what does my body respond to? Um, so that I can kind of find that middle ground myself. That's kind of the two big things of that narrative. I think trying to find yeah, the team around you and then trying to like work on your own body awareness as well. And that would involve really, I guess, listening and responding to what's going on. Yeah. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm just saying, Kira, get new friends everywhere. This Why? Just like, every, no, like I, I, don't, I totally agree with you. That's why I was laughing at though. Just the, uh, just like a lot of people are going to be firing friends. It's like, lads, I need new friends. Oh no, it's not new friends. It's not, do you know what? I'm probably quite influenced by like, because yeah in the it's not it's not new friends it's not new friends it's just like being aware that like okay maybe that's how they approach things but it's going to be different for me I think that's actually I think that's the good thing with the narrative so like let's say you're an athlete who's trying to be that more longevity but you're hanging around with people who are more that resilience that's absolutely fine but just recognizing like okay that resilience obviously works quite well for them but like yeah my storyline might be a bit different the idea just is just not that just ghost like them it. just never see him again just never no it's just the idea is like there's not one way of being that's, no that's yeah 100 and i do yeah. like i honestly think this is such uh good stuff because i think a lot of people are going to be listening to these and as i said going for for them and it's like as i said it's easy for me to have a longevity narrative um when you haven't been injured that much do you know it's easy yeah, oh, that's the way i am but yeah. then it's like well if i was getting injured non-stop but I love what I love about this is that it's not just what you've done really well is it's not just this is what you are see you later and unlucky it's like just practical steps there of like okay 
I'm always seem to be swinging a little bit between uh, like I have a good focus and then I'm rushing. It's like, and it's like thinking about your training. So it's like when we start, we start really analyzing what's happening when we get the kind of stories we tell ourselves. And then two, we get into like, okay, what is the best, you know, physical ways to try and reduce these things, which is great, I think. Yeah, well, it's also it's awareness, isn't it? So if you're aware of what what you, your kind of, what your kind of way of thinking is or what your kind of narrative is, then you can start to work with it. You can start to think about, okay, well, maybe how could I manage that slightly differently or think about that slightly differently. Whereas usually when you're in an injury, you're not really aware of what you are telling yourself yeah. or what your narrative kind of is or how you're influenced by the people around you or whatever else. And and that's not here to get new friends ever. That's just like, do you know, <laughs> I, do you know it just, it just, all of this is really just awareness, isn't it? And once yeah. you're aware, you've got quite a big platform then to work from. Can I give a shout out there? Actually, I know I've said it to you loads, but I actually love Anthony DeMello. Um, he has a book called Awareness and it really did help me. But it's just that idea of like getting in, being aware of the feelings you have and then as you said not judging yourself for those feelings just be like okay i am feeling a bit down so you're not getting anxious about being anxious or depressed about being depressed so his work is really good anthony DeMello, for awareness but it's like you said and you have that in a lot of things it's just the more awareness you have of something without judging it the clearer you can see yourself the easier it is to fix these things and you can get perspective on it. You have a bit of distance from it. Whereas like, so if you can kind of label it, um, even though you don't want to label people, if you can kind of put a name to it, then you can just get a bit of distance from it. You know, it's like, oh, okay, that's, that's what I kind of, now I can start to analyze it and think about how we could like work with that. Yeah. How many times, say if we take an injury, so you're my sister or your friend and it's like, they get an injury and it's so clear what they need to yeah, do. Yeah, what they're doing. Yeah. Like, oh man, you need to relax uh you know this you'll have that time say longevity or like oh you have way more but because it's their injury you're so into it and as you said if you could get the perspective of how would you feel like uh, analyze yourself like you would your best friend so you're going to be empathetic you're going to be um you know wanting the best for them but it does allow you to get that bit of distance so you can act clearly and actually have better decisions in the long run yeah yeah, totally. really. Yeah, so with like the videos and stuff we do, that's what a lot of the sports sites said that they would use it. So almost like you could watch the videos, um, you can link them or whatever at the end. You can watch Brilliant. the videos yeah. and be like, okay, if I was a friend, what would I tell that person? And then almost reflect back, well, do I resonate with any of those? And then yeah, you could work with it like in that way as well. Great. So Kira's done these videos which explain these different narratives and what we'll do is we'll put those in the show notes so you can have those so um click the show notes on um spotify or itunes or wherever you're listening to this and you'll see those videos so it's definitely worth uh worth doing okay uh we'll just quickly then go into the snowball and then more to me so snowball we kind of touched on where it starts small oh yeah we did that go psychologically psychologically Uh, more yeah. to me then sorry we're going to more yeah the to more me. to me yeah so the more to me is athletes yeah so they view that um yeah so this idea that like yeah injury and in sport doesn't find me there's more to me so I have other things in my life that I can like focus on and work on so my self-worth is not completely attached to running if my self-worth is not completely attached to running then an injury is not going to I guess impact me in the same way as if like oh, if all my self-identity and self-worth is attached to how I run and perform well then that's going to be very fragile because if I can't run and perform going to be more dangerous I get it's going to have a bigger impact on me whereas if I have more robust I guess sense of self so like actually like I run but I also do this and this and this 
um, that can, first of all, when I am injured, um, well, it's not the end of the world because I have these other things. Um, and also I can use those other things when I am injured so I can work on those other things to yes. help me manage the experience or whatever else. So I, okay, like, yeah, it's really sucks. I'm going to be out for like a couple of months. Um, but like during that time, I could, yeah, spend a bit more time with friends and family that I usually don't get to do. I could work a bit more in my like college work. I could, you know, give a bit more to my job or whatever else. So trying to see this like, oh, well, actually, like, yeah, I can work on other things. So, they, so if, you have an inj- if you have an athlete that's injured for a while, this is one that you want to cultivate. And what do you do? Just write down on a page all the things you could do now because you're not running. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Look at all the things or, or kind of like what's what's important to you. So you could tie it in with um, like values work. That's how some sports life see it. So what's your kind of values in life and how do you kind of want to, um, yeah, how do you want to kind of use this time to kind of work on that? So what's important to you? So if it is like like physical exercise or whatever is really important to me, then maybe like that more to me is like I want to spend more time in the gym or I want to like go to the training sessions and kind of be involved like in a more of a coaching perspective because that's something I see myself doing more whereas if it's like actually family and friends is something I really value then I'm going to use this time to focus more on them or actually my career is something I really value so what are your other kind of values I guess um in life that's probably like one thing that you can start to look at and I wouldn't say it's something you cultivate as you're older I think they're trying to bring this in more now from quite a young age you know that you have like lots of different things that your self-worth isn't just tied to one thing I think that's quite important for like for you know parents even for young kids who are injured like trying to highlight to them like yeah they have you know yeah I'm probably not even just injured I think this is probably because just in general you get get this with retirements don't you that like genetic identity yeah so even if someone might have never had an injury they have a stellar career it's like if all they see them as is a runner it's very hard to transition out of the sport out of the sport or you know um yeah so maybe like as you said look looking at different values early on and that's what like even parents can do as you said there in in a way of like making them think about different things they could be good at getting them to just what else do they enjoy how would they what would you recommend there um well, I guess it's like giving someone like enough time to, isn't it like to cultivate another, I don't know. I think it's fairly like not obvious, but I guess it's just thinking about well, what other things do I enjoy outside of running? Like what other things would I like to do? Or if you are an athlete, let's say who's in your mid twenties thinking, um, yeah, like what would I want to do when sport finishes? Start thinking beyond that. Cause then again, that just gives you a bigger, bigger perspective as well. So it's like, well, actually, although this injury seems devastating, let's say what a lot of the athletes said was like at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to be on my deathbed thinking like I didn't make it to this race because of that. So trying to have, I guess, like that perspective that like, oh, actually I have. And then also thinking about like gratitude could come into that as well. So what other things am I grateful for in my life? You know, and that could help you buffer as well. You know, what other things do I have to have so that it's not so all consuming that kind of injury? So, yeah, I would say kind of like looking at your values or other interests and then kind of gratitude as well. What are the other things you're kind of grateful for in your life? They could make it help. Yeah, I think that perspective, like definitely before I kind of had it two parts of my career um where one was the first one was you know like every session every running session was dictated by if I ran say 26 seconds for a 200 meter it was like working out what I could run 800 meters in and then I ran terribly for a year um but what it allowed was to get a greater perspective of like this thing that you're really worried about um and then afterwards while you still be worried, like trying to do your best in races, there was a bit more of a perspective even of like, God, it's great to be fit and healthy and being able to 
run these times when I kind of ask my body to do it, you know? So as you said, it's even in the sport, it's getting that perspective of, well, you're fit, you're healthy, you know, you could, you could be, you could be a lot worse off, even if you're not maybe attaining the, the goal that you want. Yeah. Um, even in that, like, I, I remember like when I was competing quite well, I'd often like a way to like manage the stress about racing. I'd be like, oh, okay, well, like on Monday, like I'll go back to work and like no one in work is going to care what I've run. You know what yes. I mean? It's just like knowing that, like kind of just trying to see beyond the sport, I think a little bit, that's probably the main thing, you know, cause it's very easy to get like wrapped in this bubble uh, of it, but actually just trying to remember that a, you probably won't be doing it forever. And then be like, yeah, let there's life is normal, I guess goes on around side, even though it is really important. It is really important to be. And I know you're a big advocate of cutting your friends loose and just getting new friends, <laughs> but I have great friends, by the way. Like, no, no, no. no. Uh, I was going to say, no, she hates her friends. No, I'm joking. Um, but in, in fairness, I went to uh, DCU. It was, I absolutely loved the experience. But you're in, I was on a scholarship in university, and literally all you're ha- doing is hanging around with other people on scholarship. Yeah. So it is a thing yeah. of like, if you do ha- say, if you're into music, or even if it's not something that you're going to excel at, just as you said, there's something great about when you're working or you realize, Jesus, I did this race. I was so nervous for, or I'm trying to get back off an injury and nobody cares or they don't have a clue that yeah. 13 minutes, something for a 5k is a lot better than 18 minutes. They just think it's great yeah. on a 5k. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm um, actually really interested on that one in DC because I was chatting to Paul Bird. I'm sure he won't mind me saying it where he was saying that like, one of the first things he asks athletes is like, okay, you're part of the running club, but like what other kind of societies or clubs have you joined? Because oh, like, brilliant. Yeah. It's like when it's going well, it's great. But if you're, if it's going bad and you don't know anyone outside of running to chat to, to just have a normal conversation about yeah. to remind yourself that like, you're not just a runner. You're also just like a, a human being with, you know what I mean? With other interests. Um, that can be really helpful as well. So there you go. Ditch your friends and get new friends from different clubs. <laughs> yeah. So if you got anything from this, it's like really have a look at your friends and think, <laughs> could I do better? Oh, the idea is looking at who you're surrounded by, what stories are people telling? How is that influencing maybe shaping how you're thinking about things? And are there other possible ways that you could think about it? Yeah. So and just, just it's the idea that like, yeah, yeah, just knowing that that influences that's all I was trying to get across sorry summarize that one more time I was only joking yeah this idea that first of all we're influenced by what we read what we hear who we talk to that does influence how we shape and frame how we think and feel um so being able to recognize that and then these narratives kind of give a frame of reference you can start to pick apart and be like oh yeah actually every sporting movie is like that resilience one which is maybe why I'm thinking like that or actually yeah my friends are always on that kind of merry-go-round or that more snowball like pushing through the pain but actually maybe that's not going to work for me so you can start to just pick it apart a bit more so it's more just having this idea that the idea is that you're not always looking inwards and blaming yourself for how you're thinking, feeling. You're actually realizing that it's also outside as well. That's that's a part of it. And I think this, I honestly do feel that this gives people such great perspective. And then it gives you different perspectives. Yeah. It makes you look at this. And again, as I said, in the show notes, we'll have details of all of these. But this has been a great, great chat. Kira has a website. It's called uh, Friends Tinder. You just find new friends. <laughs> 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 uh, 
no so by the way uh, none of my friends like all of my running friends in the uk anyway and in ireland are all very much more to me longevity so it's me that will be been you know, oh yeah no i'm only joking um kira thank you so much for coming on i think this is really really valuable to people um yeah you're if people want to know more or reach out um yeah feel free to email yeah perfect i'll put your email and i think guys having a look over those uh, perspectives we'll put a few links to kira's uh, research papers in the show notes and uh any other questions feel free to reach out and we can i i know her quite well so we can uh, get her back on okay yeah, kira perfect. thank you so much thank you